Hello everyone and welcome back to In This Moment Podcast. I am your host, Diallo Smith. Today the moment you will participate in is all things Enneagram. And before I start into explaining today's episode, I want to let everyone know that before any personality test of telling you who you are, make sure you know who God says you are. We can get so caught up into listening to other people or structures communicating to us who we are, and in doing so we are failing to put these in the placements that they are for in front of God. So talk to God first, ask God first, and be with God first. Now, my guest today is named Dio. She is the creator of the Black Enneagram Instagram page that has over 30,000 followers and counting. In this episode, we talk about how each type can affect how we pursue the Lord, how we have learned to give others grace, and how not to make the Enneagram an idol. This was so insightful for me. If you haven't already, type in the Enneagram test on Google and find out your own number. So let's get into episode nine, all things Enneagram featuring Dio. Hey, how are you, Dio? I'm good. I'm good. Well, today I'm really excited to dive into our conversation. For people who are wondering, we are going to be talking about the Enneagram. And for those who don't know what the Enneagram is, it's a personality test that types you in nine different types. These tests are mostly on how you function emotionally. The Enneagram has been a huge thing in the Christian community and has really helped people identify their own emotions. Um, An observation I noticed was how the Enneagram was huge in the Christian white community, and even social media accounts were geared to them. And so this is what makes my guest Dio so important, because she is the creator of the Black Enneagram, a page that uses Black representation for typing numbers and intertwining Black culture with the Enneagram. So thank you so much, Dio, for coming on. Can you introduce yourself to everyone? Man, first of all, that was an amazing introduction. That just... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I could not have said that better. That was awesome. So anyways, my name is Dio. Um, if you Obviously, my name isn't very familiar. In American spaces, so um, I'm Nigerian. I was born in Nigeria, came here when I was two, so I'm pretty much indoctrinated into American culture. Wow. Um, <laughs> but I grew up in a very Nigerian household, so it was like, I'm still, I, I still know the culture a lot. Um, But yeah, so I am 23 years old. I went to Agnes Scott College in Decatur, Georgia. I currently live in Houston, um, but I'll be moving to California in the fall for law school. So yeah. (laughs) Wow. I was just going to ask, what did you get your degree in? But what did you did you do pre-law? No, I didn't. So we didn't have pre-law for my school. I did law because I want to like combine business. Like I I did business, but I want to combine the two and do business law. So yeah. What type of lawyer would you want to be? Right. I want to be an entertainment attorney. I want to work wow. for black TV, black artists. Yes, like yes. Black- Come on. <laughs> Come on. Everything black. Yeah, we like right. to hear that. <laughs> uh, so let's just jump in. Uh, how does the Enneagram, how, like, how, what you've seen, how has it become a tool for Christians? Yeah, I think for me personally, like the, the Enneagram gave me permission to kind of like be fully myself. Mm. Um, I don't think I had permission to do that before, but I think that when I realized, okay, who I am is a gift from God, hmm. um, and he made me this way, I think it really helped me to just, like, embrace the fullness of who I am. Yeah. Um, also, it helped me with other people. Like, it helped me to see people, um, yeah, as as image bearers. Like, hmm. every single, there's different, there's nine, someone said this to me, like, there's nine different ways to be in the world, and I'm not, like, my personality is not the right way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not good or bad. It's not right or wrong. It's literally just the way that I am. So, it yeah. helped me to like give myself grace and then give other people grace like yo like we're all different god intentionally made us all different and so yeah i think it becomes a tool for for grace for mm. christian becomes a tool for self-awareness and emotional growth 
Wow. <clears throat> um, so I think that's, that's something that was personally missing in my Christian walk. I've been a Christian for six years. And I think wow. that I never, I've been trying to grow emotionally and I just have not been able to. Yeah. I even like read, there's a book by Peter, is it Peter Scazzavo or something like that? And it's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And I read the book because I, I really, I'm, I, I really want to like invest in like my spiritual, my, yeah, in spiritual emotional health. Yeah. The book was awesome. It was great. But it wasn't until I found the Enneagram that I was like, oh, like, now I have actual practical steps to walk this yes, out. Yes. Um, so it's just been so awesome. Like, I think it's really helped me. I think, with other, and this can help other Christians as well if you're using it correctly. It can help you identify how do you, pop, like, how do you as an individual, as me, Dio, relate to God using my personality? Like, how does mm-hmm. that look like me? There is no one size fits all for a relationship with God. Like just because something works for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And sometimes your temperament, your personality has a lot to do with that. And so, yeah, it kind of just gave me permission to just be Dio and just not have to follow the mold of what American Christian Christianity tells me is the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) no, that's awesome. I completely agree. And I think you kind of mentioned it too. Like I think in the American church, uh, Mm -hmm. there's just, there's like a lack of talking about, emotions and how you are spiritually and like right. your spiritual well-being well-being and i think the enneagram has really allowed like i grew up in a christian household yeah. um and so like we we talked about emotions but mm-hmm. especially just being around like we had like i have three brothers and it's all boys emotions were a kind of thing that we just yeah. stayed away from <laughs> uh so what what has helped you know i've seen in my own family of having everyone take the test it's like identifying these things that we thought was just like wrong with us and now right. we're like oh, wait, that's where, like, that's where that's coming from, or, oh, like, we're in an unhealthy pattern right now, because, like, this is what we're seeing. Yep. (laughs) How have, how has your type, because you're an Enneagram one wing two? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How has your type affected the way your relationship is with God, like, in the positive and in the negative? Right. So ones are perfectionists. Well, we're, we're seemingly perfectionists. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, like I've had to like sit and be like, Dial, why are you trying to be perfect when Christ is perfect for you? Like I'm mm. just, I just have to realize that and sit with that. And I think that when I realized that, when I sat with that, I was like, yo, like I can kind of be human. I can be a human being. God knows that I'm a human being, that I'm flawed, that I'm messed up. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you know, yeah. He loves me anyway. So why am I trying to like be something that I'm not? Right. And it's like, okay killing me like for a very long time it was killing me like I just could not there was no peace in my life no joy because I was trying to be something that I was not which is perfect like God is perfect that's yes. really, only God is perfect I'm not perfect and so when I kind of let that go I just freedom literally that's good all that. like, <laughs> joy. Like, yeah yeah I just kind of let myself be human and not necessarily that I'm over here like sinning like you know just do whatever I want right. but, like I kind of I I I run things through with God and I'm like okay is this of the Bible is this is this leading me someone said this to me and I love this and I keep, I'm keeping this but said they said when you're making decisions ask yourself is this leading me towards righteousness or away from righteousness mm. that's my right and wrong. I don't use the words I'm, I mean I still use the words right and wrong because my oneness is really in, like it's embedded in yeah. me but like I try to like switch that language like okay, is this leading me towards righteousness or is it leading me away from righteousness and when that when I ask myself that question then I can figure out, okay, like I can do this or I can't do this or I, I can be this or I can't be this. That's mm. my, my litmus test at this point. I think that has given me a lot of freedom is that I'm not, because the word right and wrong is so subjective. What's it right does. to me mm-hmm. right to you. But righteousness, you know what I mean? Like righteousness is a very specific thing. Yeah. Um, the, 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 I think the Bible lays that out really clear. And so 
Well, it kind of does. It, it does its best. <laughs> yes, yes. But exactly. yeah, but I mean, the closer you get to God, the, the more you know what he likes and what he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, okay, would God approve of this? Because I just, I mean, read the Bible enough, enough times, you kind of get a sense of who he is. And so, yeah. And I think that's so important what you were saying. I, I, I guessing that, especially being an Enneagram type one, uh, mm-hmm. there is that level of perfectionist. And so yeah. I feel like there can be a lot of liberation of, of just like letting, like identifying these different things because you could even look at God as a right or wrong. Um, mm. And so when it's coming to righteousness, it like that's all through the spirit that we're going to be able to discern yeah. what's what's from the Lord and what's not. And so I think that's really cool that you're saying that the yeah. Enneagram one, like it kind of helped you identify those things that gave you more liberation to give, your, right. to give yourself grace and say like, right. this is not a right or wrong or God's not good in some situations it's- and he's bad. You know what I mean? Like, Right. That's really cool listening. I think for myself too, mm-hmm. I'm an Enneagram type three wing two. Yeah. And so our biggest thing is achieving and like performing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when it came to my relationship with the Lord, I realized that I was always trying to to prove to God that like mm-hmm. I'm worthy and like yeah. that I'm good for him. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until probably last year, and it was just like just striving for averageness as in like lord this is what i am right now like i am not feeling good and like and i know that you still love me i don't have to you know put on like this this mask or or be polite with you like i can just be honest and vulnerable with you oh my gosh (laughs) but uh when did you start to find your own interests in the enneagram especially Mm. since you said you became a christian six years ago like how how was that did you know about it before or was it right when you had your conversion is when you got interested right so i think it was 2019 so i got i became a christian i like using the word god save but i became a christian in 2014 okay and yeah i found it in 2019 my friend from church when i was living in atlanta introduced it to him to me um i was like going through like some just like life crisis (laughs) so she was like might be helpful yeah (laughs) to be helpful to help you like to help you understand where you are um so yeah that's kind of how I found it. it was just a friend introducing it to me and then a couple months after I, w- I was a s- 2020 I became a senior in college um okay. and I became a senior and I, had, and I was taking a class called creativity and innovation and in that class we she was like oh yeah make a come with a project that is novel and innovative and no one else is doing and so even though I had learned about the Enneagram in 2019, I had put it down. Because, so I, I mean, like you said before, like, there was very much, like, li- like little black representation in yeah. the community. Like, mm, this is kind of boring. Let me just leave. Like, there's no color. <laughs> <laughs> there's no color. Where's the color? So yeah. I just left. And so I came back um, for this project that I was doing for class. Um, and now that, 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 that became my project was just, like, I'm going to bring this something that I feel like is missing that's novel. No one is doing it. And at the time, no one was doing it. Um, and I'm going to bring it and I'm going to do it, even though I have literally no skills. Mm. I barely know what the Enneagram is. Like, I don't have an iPad to do art with. Like, I started with literally nothing, just Canva and, and, and ideas. Wow. In my art. Wow. But yeah, like, it just was, it was just, yeah. So as, as time went on, I kind of, I was doing it for a project, school ended, and then the pandemic hit. And I was like, yo, I'm just going to continue with this because. Okay. No, that's <laughs> awesome. I, I think something that you said was so beneficial is. Mm you walked away from it because there was a lack of representation. Right. Even right. though it was good to you. And I think for right. minorities that are listening to it and even black people that are listening to it to be particular, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if you know that there's something that's good for us and that's beneficial for us, but you don't see representation, don't right. let that be the barrier to yeah. stop you because it's like robbing so many different, exactly. like it's robbing our whole entire community um, that it, that can be useful to. And so I'm, I'm sure you've seen that like with your page and like, 
um, just the overflow of your obedience towards that. But I think for all listeners listening, like don't allow the representation to stop, like continue over that barrier and you be the one to, to be the first representation and, and kind of give the, the stage to other black people or other minority right. communities. Yeah, that's so good. Yes. <laughs> um, how do we yield from making the Enneagram an idol? And the reason why I ask this is because I think there's all this excitement when you first take the test because right. you're saying, man, this thing is reading me to film. Right. Like it's from <laughs> head to toe. Like it has everything, my unhealthy things I thought no one could see. It knows about it. And mm-hmm. it can almost get to a point, I can speak for myself, where I can say, oh, if you're an eight, I don't know if I can be friends with you or like if you're an eight, I don't know mm-hmm. how we can do conflict or if you're a nine, you're yeah. too passive, you know, all these different things. So how do we not allow it to become an idol and also like give give room for the Lord to speak into us, to tell us who we are? Like we can use it for right. a tool, but not let it be our God in a sense of like, tell yeah. me how I'm feeling right now. And so just going right. to the Lord about it. Man, that is, that's amazing. I was going to say the exact same thing, the tool. I think another thing is, like, literally, it's not a requirement or a mandatory for heaven. Like, it's just not. Mm. Like, you don't, you really don't need it. So if the Lord woke, if you woke up one day and the Lord was like that, put the energy game down. Even for me, like, if the Lord woke me up one day and was like, put the energy game down, you don't need to be doing this page no more. I would put it down because I don't, like, it's not my life. Like you said, it's not my God. Yeah. And so when you put it in its proper context, like it can really be super helpful, but when you're not putting in super in super healthy context, it can't be. So I can give you an example of a time where I think I was using the Enneagram as an idol. So when I would get, before I like started doing my deep, like actual work through it. Yeah. Um, like you just, you know, it's so funny you use that example. Like when I was feeling like really like, I, I don't know, I don't know, like when things would go wrong with me or when things would go wrong around me or when I was just like not, when I was feeling like really down, I would literally go to the Enneagram to kind of tell me who I am almost mm. and am instead of going to my word and tell me who I was mm-hmm. when I like, go to God, just sit in silence with God. Like, yeah. And I, I think when I, when I realized that I was like, okay, yeah, this is not what I'm supposed to be using this for. Wow. But, and I think that's kind of the point, like knowing your Enneagram number, it doesn't help if you aren't like actively learning ways to grow through your number. Wow. Like you shouldn't use your number as just like, oh yeah, I'm a one, so I'm going to be perfect that I'm going to, you know, like it shouldn't be an excuse for your behavior. Mm. It should be the, the avenue that gets you towards, like it should be, it should be, if it's not, what's the word, if it's not, if it's not bringing you towards more Christ-likeness than yeah. you're using, that's kind of what I've noticed is like, if it's not making you more loving, more compassionate, more kind, more gracious towards people, then it's probably not, you're not probably not using it correctly. Yeah, no, that's yeah. so good. Uh, mm-hmm. How have you seen it affect your relationships? Mm-hmm. Like whether mm-hmm. it's friendships or even like romantic relationships? I saw, yeah. I saw that you're doing like this whole black love project. Like right. how have you seen it affect those types of relationships? Yeah, so I think mostly in friendships. Um, I have a, my best friend is a five. Okay. And before I- <laughs> Five. <laughs> five. I was like, I would always point to them like, oh, why do you do that? Like, why are you so emotional? Like when we were, when we were first yeah. becoming friends, <laughs> like it was so hard for her to like open it up to me. And I was really upset about that. I was like, like, yo, like I, cause I just spill my guts to everyone. I tell everyone all my mm-hmm. business. Like, yep. She doesn't do that. <laughs> and it made me feel like she didn't like me. And I was like, oh, just tell me your secrets. Like we need to know each other's secrets. We're going to be best friends. And so when I learned that she was a five, I was like, oh, that's why she was at the beginning of our friendship. She wasn't so like, oh yeah, let me just like confess all my entire like license. Mm. Like, she, so I think it helped me to be like, oh, like, we're just different. We're just different. And I don't need to call out because I'm I'm a very not very confrontational, but I'm I'm like willing to be confrontational. Yeah. 
oh yeah, something's bothering me. I don't like that you do this. But I think I'm realizing like you can't do that with everything because some things are just personality. Some things are not wrong or right. Right. They're really just the way that's the way that they are. And so when I learned that about her, I think it's just been cool to see her now that we've become closer. Like we've been best friends for three years. Now we've become closer. I just might see her like let her guard down and talk about like the things that are going on in her life that are difficult and hard and like and her actually like be emotional. I'm like, whoa, like what a gift. Like you're actually giving me giving you actually giving me a gift of you, you know what I mean? Because that's mm. not natural. Like, if I'm being emotional with someone, that's not a gift. Like, I'm literally, I do that with everybody. <laughs> but for five, that's like, to let someone in that way, yo, like, you know, that's a privilege. And so, yeah, it's helped yeah. me to just like, see when, like, to under, when you understand who someone is, like, you see who, you see when they're being healthy and you can celebrate that. Mm, that's, so, also, yeah. Yeah, and you can also see when they're being unhealthy and you can call that out and be like, yo, what's happening? That's so good. And yeah. so I have a similar story. Even mm-hmm. my roommate last year, he was a five mm. and he would not express his emotions and he would just <laughs> go to isolation. And I just thought, I thought he hated me. I was like, why what? aren't you talking all these different things? And mm-hmm. so I, I, I think it got to the point where I was getting so frustrated trying to figure him out. I was like, I need you to take the Enneagram test. Like I need, because mm. it was almost like, it's kind of what you were saying. It, it gave you grace for that friendship yes. because you could understand them. And so what I was seeing for myself was, uh Oh, like I, my grace is, is not, is not coming because you're not explaining and you're not giving reasons. Right. Like it's just, you're just isolating. And so yeah. he took the Enneagram test. He ended up being a five and I learned so much oh. through that. And, and I think even through, like some social media accounts of even how to ask questions for an Enneagram five on what they should on, like on how they should be feeling. It, it really helped me and it helped our friendship because we could mm-hmm. see like, he could understand why I was the way I was and I could see why the way he was. And it's really mm-hmm. just helped our friendship grow. And, and like, again, like just give grace to, to one another's. Right. That's so good. I definitely agree. <laughs> Do you think with the Enneagram type of learning others, do you think people focus on the negatives um, mm. rather than the positives? And I'll give an example. I'm a three and threes uh, tend to be on an unhealthy way, tend, tend to really care about like how others perceive them. Um, right. But then I've had people say, oh, like you're a three showing like I know there's I can't be friends with threes because it's all about, oh. you know, self image. And I've heard that right. like, even like with, let's say, like, an eight. And it's like, oh, they're yeah. always wanting to confront and so do you think people in your experience always focus on the negatives instead of how that can be a positive that's so good yeah i i mean naturally that's what we do i think we look we use especially if you don't really understand what the enneagram is supposed to do you can use it to judge other people and like limit your friendships and limit your relationship options i know some people are like i'm never gonna marry seven never gonna marry like you know like people (laughs) say stuff like that like what the heck you're gonna (laughs) the blessing of god into your life because because of some like stereotypical image you have of someone in your head like I know even with me like I've had a stereotype in my head of what eights are like eight black black female eights uh. but when I was like I don't I don't really have a lot of black female eight friends but I've, I've been doing these black love interviews and I'm like you don't in any way shape or form fit this stereotype I've had in my mind wow and it's been so I, like I love doing this project I've just been I've been opening up my mind to like what an eight, what any number looks like it really depends like it, you can't stereotype anybody yeah. because everyone has experiences they come from different places like culturally like everything is just so different so like you really rob yourself of the blessing of friendship and of love when you do that mm. um people do that people do that look it's a real thing like we we look for reasons why why we shouldn't be with people yeah. and we use the enneagram to do that 
um, and that's just not healthy and it's not of God. Like, there's no place in the Bible that says, oh, yeah, you shouldn't be friends with people who are like, uh, who are threes. Or it's like, <laughs> that's, it's not a biblical thing. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I get why they do it. They use it as an excuse, but it's not fair. They do use it as an excuse. And I also think people aren't realizing the positives of when that person's yeah. healthy. So, oh my God. you know what I mean? Like, like in a meeting, I need an eight because the eight is going right. to push and say, hey, there's some unresolved tension going on. And like, we're going to confront it head on. Um, yes. Or I'm going to need the one that's going to say, hey, there's this vision you have, but like, we need details and we need to make sure like this mm-hmm. is this rollout is accurate. And so I think it's also good that people understand that these things in an unhealthy way can can be bad, of course, like with anybody, but look, change your perspective on in a healthy way. It actually right. brings so much to your life and, and to start embracing it. Right. That's so true. What inspired yeah. you to do this like this month, like the the Black mm-hmm. Love Project and all these different things and talking about friendships. Because like you mentioned, yeah. you said, you know, you had this idea of what a Black woman who was a type 8 was. So what kind of made right. you want to start this? Hmm. I think originally, like, originally because February is like, you know, Black, Love Month. Black History Month, you know. <laughs> I wanted to combine them. I wanted to be creative and be different. So I wanted to combine them. And so I first, I think it just started out as like, oh, I just want to inter- interview people. I've never seen people interview black, black people of each type hmm. before. Lots of like, I think typology has done like a, l- a bunch of them, but like, I don't know if they've done every single number of black people. Yeah. So I just really wanted to have a space where that existed. Um, but then I started doing the interviews and I was like, oh my gosh, like people need to hear these stories. Like these are real amazing stories. And so that's kind of what inspired it. it was just like the more I talked to people the more I realized how necessary it was to talk about black love and I think even the topic of black love especially like and I, I think my definition of black love is a little bit narrow so if you have a broader one that's completely fine but I think of black love as like an individual black woman and a black man mm. like pursuing relationships together yes. and so that discussion has been really interesting like you, I, don't, I personally feel like because of you know this increase in like black uh black you know excellence and like just wanting to like elevate blackness yeah I, we, we're seeing a lot of like black love but that's i mean that that wasn't the case before mm-hmm. that wasn't like, i didn't see a lot of examples of like healthy black relationships um and so now i'm just like yo like i want to add to this catalog of black love i want to add to this catalog of just like how can we lift up you know the black family black community mm-hmm. um the ways to do that for me was black was this project black love project so yeah i love that and i think for people who are listening that aren't black they can hear some things of like oh wanting to elevate blackness like all these different things and like oh is that an idol and i just want people to understand that the reason why like we have things like black excellence or black girl magic is because there has been i think an overrepresentation of right. the black community in a negative way and so like yep. there were times let's say like for black girl magic there was it's like a point in society where like black women for their features were deemed as ugly there was when it comes to mm-hmm. black excellence i mean we came from a point that we couldn't even read in this country and like it, mm-hmm. getting kicked out of schools like just over like 50 years ago and so when we're having these phrases it's because again like it, there's this been this overrepresentation of the black community negative light and so when it comes right. to black love and black family i mean right. we've seen all throughout history whether it's slavery or the government um right. it's like the black family has just always been tore down and so it's not something that's like oh we think that we're better but it's more encouraging because yeah. what we've been taught and what we've seen on television is like just no representation of what a, a healthy <laughs> black family looks like not only a black family on 
television, but like it be mainstream and like other people yeah. are embracing it as like other shows. So I just wanted to clarify that for anyone who who had the confusion when to come with their little critiques. Um, <laughs> how should churches start to embrace the Enneagram personality test on their own leadership teams? Yeah, I I don't know. Like I think that I actually don't know if you should be using churches because okay. I'm not an expert. Okay. <laughs> But I would say, like, if you're going to use it in, like, organizations, like, you need to use a professional coach. Because, mm-hmm. like, you were talking about earlier, like, people can use the Enneagram like a weapon. Yeah. And I think that the church is the perfect place to use it as a negative weapon because, you know, there's, like, varying levels of, like, I don't even know. Like, you just never know what setting you're in mm-hmm. and how people use it. And so I think you really have to bring in someone who's a professional trainer, a professional coach, because then they can give you like a, the appropriate framework of what it looks like to use the Enneagram. I've heard of people, yeah, using it to like say, oh, we're not going to hire certain people. Oh my because gosh. Like, oh, like in the church. Like, I'm like, oh what goodness. is happening? So that's why I'm like, yo, do not use it if you do not have professional help with it, because right. it's like people use the Bible as a weapon, mm. people use the Enneagram as a weapon. Let's talk about it, because it's a thing, like people do it. Yeah, so. they do, they do. Yeah, so people use it to label people, to tear people down. Like, it's not, if you don't have the guidance, like, it's not going to be, it's not going to be, it's not going to be helpful to you and your team. That's good. Uh, I'm a, I'm a divinity student. So Mm -hmm. I'm studying, like, to be a a pastor, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. And so in the school of divinity, uh, we actually have been using the Enneagram personality test and multiple personality tests. And so Mm -hmm. I would say, I mean, that's terrible that people are, churches are saying they yeah. won't hire people because of their type <laughs> but the real uh, unique way that i've seen and heard from churches is that they use it in the positive way so they, they have everyone yeah. take the test and like right now right. one of my classes um we're doing another different personality test but everyone has it's called the disc personality test and so if you're a disc he it was like you guys all get in a group and you guys are all going to encourage each other and see how you guys work together mm-hmm. and i've heard I this like it. even with the enneagram of um mm-hmm. like people are asking like what's your number and it's again it's all like the positive and benefits like so in a meeting mm-hmm. we're looking for like again like the eight to be the one that can confront we know that the the three is going to be able to push us and like um to keep having us have endurance and all these different things and so right. i think that the church should have it of course they need to be careful mm-hmm. with it because we, we right. don't need it to be weaponized like how we've seen in history with the bible but it really yeah. can be good especially because we're starting to see this um the church talk about mental health and when it talks about emotions and feelings and so i feel like this is the perfect way even if we had Mm -hmm. like just imagine a sermon taught on the enneagram personality test and like how you can Mm -hmm. identify it to make your relationship closer with like your neighbors but also like your relationship closer with the lord i I think it can be such an amazing tool that go that like we can use the scriptures to expand our idea on on the enneagram and personality test Yes, I definitely agree. That is perfect. That's perfect. I think I've just never seen an example. I've never heard of that. Like, I didn't know that people were using it. I mean, I think I, I don't know. I never knew churches were using it in that mm. way. So that's really good. That that's a thing. Yeah, kind of like I've seen, like I've seen it kind of bleed mm-hmm. into it in a good way. It's very right. unfortunate that it did the other way. Um, yeah, that's that's not good at all. That's kind of discouraging. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, how, well, like, what promoted you to create the Black Enneagram? And so I know we've talked about it before, you know, there was just like this underrepresentation and like you had the project, but what kind of mm-hmm. fueled you to keep going? Because you, you could have after the project said, okay, I'm done, like this was cool. So, right. so how did you keep going and how did you know that this is like what the Lord wanted you to continue the path on? 
you know what's crazy i don't even know if this is what the lord wants me to do i think okay. i'm just doing because i love I'm just doing because it's, desi- it's a desire of my heart, and I believe the Holy Spirit lives in me. Mm. And the, the Holy Spirit has not said stop. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so hey, like I didn't, I didn't really like sit and pray on it because it started as a as a project. I was like, well, this is for school, so I'm trying to get a good grade. I'm gonna do yeah. it. So me continuing it was literally like, oh, I have nothing else to do. Like you know, school's over. I'm working part time. Like this is a great pastime. It's a great great way to spend my time. And instead of like watching TV all day, mm. like I'm using it to like help other people instead of using it for selfish reasons. So. Yeah, I didn't really have like a very like spiritual experience with the Enneagram. Like, well, well, well rather with like um, like continuing it, right. I didn't really sit on it. But I think, you know, I think it has been a God thing. I mean, to see it grow the way that it grew in a year, like we're not nourishing that demo for it. Like, it's just been, wow. I just feel like the whole all over it, even without me having to be like this extra, like, oh, I'm going to pray and fast for two weeks. Mm. <laughs> just get- to see if this is what he wants me to do like i just literally followed a desire of my heart and he blessed it and that worked and so yeah no and and that (laughs) and that's how god mm -hmm. is though it's like always the things that we're we have an interest we want to do something and then to us we're thinking oh yeah like we haven't like prayed about it or like fasted about it or, or or think that this is like what the lord wants but then the lord continues to show like hey this is actually an act of obedience and this is how like the overflow looks with it um, right. I didn't know that your page was only up for a year. Yeah, it's only been a year. It'll be a year in February, on February 18th. Oh, my goodness. So when did you right. start to see your page just jump? Right. I don't know if obviously you remember this, but, like, when George when George Floyd, Floyd was murdered, mm. there was, like, an influx of, like, people looking for black yeah. anything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Everywhere. Black makeup, like, at, like like brands like everything everyone just was like gravitating towards like blackness and so i was just i was just so like lucky and like it was just a very it was very much like when people say like luck is opportunity and hard work mixed together i think that's what people say i don't know but yeah it was literally just luck like it was just timing like the timing was just perfect when i started it Mm. um and so yeah that's kind of how it grew so quickly it was just like there was this influx of people looking to support black people black artists um black anything and being one of the only black artists like black there's obviously always obviously other black like coaches and trainers yes. on the on instagram but i think that i might be one of the few like art art pages yeah. for the instagram for black people and so that just kind of made everyone grab because i was the only one it just gravitated towards my page that was a lot of pressure that was real a lot of wow. pressure. wow wow like Calm down and be like, you know what, Dal, this isn't your life. Yeah. <laughs> what like what do you see your vision um mm. for the page? Like how do you see it growing or expanding? Has has the Lord started like to embed like different things or or are you yeah. still just kind of going like day by day watching it grow? Right. I'm I mean, I think a, a little bit of it has just been day by day. There's this tagline I have on my page called creative, like my creative. Mm. So that is kind of like the, the the goal. At the end of the day, like I just wanted to be a page of creativity where like I'm inspiring people to be black people, especially to be creative in whatever they want to do. Like it may continue to be an Instagram page, but I think my goal is just to like let it become a creative page, whatever that looks like for me. You know, whether that's more art or whether that's poetry, like whatever that looks like, and then also highlighting other black artists. I literally just want that that tagline to become my entire page, like creator, like my creator. And so, yeah, that's awesome. And I, I think the the last question I have is how can more black Christians embrace the Enneagram? Because like we said yeah. before the pages, there was no representation of us. It'd be like maybe right. if it was 10 posts, there's 
one post of someone who's black uh, that's been animated. Um, right. And so why do you think black people specifically should be embracing the Enneagram? Man, because I think I've seen I've seen what it's done in my life and I see the way that it's changed my relationship with God. Mm. And I want that for my black brothers and sisters. Like I want that so bad for us. Like I just want healthy black people thrive in this world. I think that you can do that through the Enneagram, obviously through a lot of things, but I think especially through the Enneagram. I think I because I noticed that the black community is very much like in love with the zodiacs and horses. oh my and gosh awesome. yes so do with do as you wish you know that's you and god but like yo like i think that your game can do so much more for mm. you and grow you in ways that you just can never imagine if you allow god to use it um and not use it as a weapon against yourself and against other people i think if you use it in, in a way that it's supposed to be used you will see lots of results i mean i've seen lots of results in my life like i was just even just today like i was sitting something happened someone called me i didn't like the call and so i just literally sat with god and i was like look out why why am i feeling the way that i'm feeling like and i would never do that in the past before i would just like sit here and, and stew and be angry and be like oh my god like why did yes, you know I mean? like, yeah yeah that's the way I used to react to things, but because the energy game is giving me permission almost to slow down, mm. ask questions about why my emotions are coming out this way, um, it changed. Like I just I don't get as angry anymore because <laughs> my our our um, the triad that I'm in is the anger triad. Okay. So anger is accessible to me. Like I'm a, I think I just naturally allow myself to be angry and resentful, and so I think the energy game has helped me to kind of get tools and practices to help me not be so angry and to just like, oh, okay, like, hey, that's that happened and that's okay. Like, uh-huh. how can we move forward from this? So my, my point in saying this is that the Enneagram can change your emotional, spiritual life. Like, it genuinely can. And I want that for the Black community. Yes. So. And I think that's such a good point that you made with the Zodiac signs and mm. um, the, the horoscopes and just like spirituality. I think the Black community were naturally and just spiritual beings um and like we know like there's something that's greater um and Mm -hmm. even like in america and i talked about this before one of my episodes like we are the largest christian demographic in america of of christianity and so Mm -hmm. i think the the horoscopes i i I think that's an entry level and and kind of um unsustainable way of trying to figure out who you Mm -hmm. really are because right I used to I used to be really big into horoscopes mm-hmm. like when I was in high school and I I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a Gemini but like I was I was you know <laughs> all, all all into it and I loved it yeah but then there was always just something missing with it there was just something mm-hmm. missing and I think the enneagram really becomes personal for you and it doesn't tell you oh this is what you're gonna do this is how you're gonna behave but it right. it tells you this is how you're going to be behave. This is how you're going to react. And this is why you're reacting that way. And so there's, there's more of this collective balance on, on how you should be in your well being. Do you agree or do you disagree with that? No, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think the Enneagram takes it a step further that the Zodiac, that Zodiacs don't Um, because yeah, you can know what your Zodiac is. You can know what your type is honestly too. But if you don't put, you have to put the work in, there's no work to do with Zodiacs. It's literally just, yeah here but yeah there's just no work to do i think that i think that the enneagram forces you to do hard deep soul work (laughs) that the the zodiacs that the zodiacs don't force you to do soul work in my opinion from what i've seen um and that's harder it's harder to do soul work than to just be like oh okay i'm just gonna meet this person today okay so i'm gonna do this and this not like that's just to me that's just not helpful but Mm -hmm. i think that when you sit with god and you like allow him to do that deep 
inner work. And I think the, the Enneagram gives language to what that looks like for each type. So, yeah. That's perfect. Well, before we go, if someone's listening to this and they never know their Enneagram and they're going to take the test, mm-hmm. what would be the piece of advice you would tell them on what to expect and where to go mm-hmm. from after they know what their number is? Yeah. Um, once you know what your number is, I think the best thing is to probably find a book that works for you. I can obviously DM me. I'll send you like a bunch of books because some books are not. It depends on your type, obviously, okay. which books work for you. <laughs> so I want to recommend like a one basic one. Um, but yeah, just find a book that works for you. Um, le- listen to podcasts yes. about, your, about your type. That is literally the way that I like started learning about my own. Um, so yeah, obviously, I'll, I'll like, again, recommendations are per people like per person like it really does depend on you as a person which one works for you um but yeah podcasts and books are great wow okay <clears throat> so yeah those are my two recommendations it's to get into like the deep stuff not really quickly but, like take your yes. time because it does yes <laughs> and it, there's like this excitement like i we mentioned before of like oh this is like what that feeling is and so like right. you said like pace yourself and also right. I, I would say also just like something i wish i did was just like thank God that that resource was even available mm-hmm. to you because yeah. you've been like walking in the dark thinking that something's wrong or that you've had these right. unknown feelings and like thank God be like wow like you've identified this and like now there's opportunity for me to grow. Yes, that's so good. I definitely agree. Definitely pray over your type. Yes. Like for real, like for a type that you so like you got. Make sure it's your active type because sometimes people mistype when they take tests. Um, so yeah, like talk to God about it. Like it's, I mean, it's just like anything else that you would do. Just ask God, like, what are your thoughts on the fact that I'm a type three or a type one? Like, so yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dio, for, for coming on and thank you just for your Instagram page and the content that you put out. It has really helped myself so much, uh, Mm -hmm. just be able to, to go on and see like the black love project or be able to go (laughs) on and see like the green leaf like black tv shows that i and you know what's so funny too is after i finished green leaf um mm-hmm. over the winter break and i was like wow like i wish you know someone can do an enneagram type on them because i'm like <laughs> typing them while i'm watching and yeah then, like recently you just put it out and so i think it's i think it's so cool that you even like do black tv shows and again black yeah. media it's just been such mm-hmm. a blessing to me and, and a blessing to so many of my friends so thank you so much for doing that no problem, of course. Well, can you just pray us out and um, just be praying for the person who might be taking mm-hmm. their test after listening to this or the person who knows yeah. what their type is and it might be in an unhealthy spot. Um, just kind of pray for provision mm-hmm. on, on growth and, and what the Enneagram means. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Whew. All right. God, I just want to hope, I just want to pray for everyone who's listening to this podcast. I pray that they feel empowered to make decisions mm. about the tools that they're using in their lives. I, mean, I pray that they would have, make those decisions in partnership with you, God. I pray for those who, I pray that um, for those who, who, you know, you want the Enneagram to be used in their lives, to enrich their lives, that they would use um, this amazing God-given tool in partnership with you um, to become more Christ-like and die to the things within their type and outside of it that are really not of you. I pray that you'd use the Enneagram to bring healing, transformation, love, grace, patience, compassion to everyone who can benefit from it. Um, I just pray that you would um, yeah, just be with everyone right now, Lord God, as they're finding their types, um, help them to have clarity 
um, that they would not be confused or overwhelmed. Lord God, just bring peace over this. Lord God, I pray. Uh, yeah, just thank you for allowing the energy to be beneficial mm-hmm. to us, you know, as people. Um, thank you for using it to make me more whole. <laughs> I pray that you use it to make other people whole in you. Um, and I pray that you would just, yeah, just give people freedom um, and joy, you know, in their lives. You're so good and you're so kind. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this entire episode. I pray you are able to walk out with a new perspective and maybe even some homework. Thank you for being in the moment with us. If you're not already, follow us on In This Moment Podcast on Instagram and share this moment with a friend. See you later and stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you.